guys. We're here with Maxie Green. Hi, Maxie. Hi, guys. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited that you're on. I'm, I've, like, obviously told you about doing this for forever. Yeah. Okay, so, Maxie, why don't you tell us what your claim to fame is? What do you do? Where are you from? What's going on? So, I am a plus-size model and influencer on the gram. <laughs> Um, I have been doing this for nearly 10 years and it took a while, but so far it's going great. <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't know you've been doing this for 10 years. Oh, come on. Yes, you do. How long ago did I mean, I've seen like the younger photos of you, but I didn't know they were like, I don't know, Try. 10 years to me seems like when we were 15, but I guess it was when we were like 18, 19. So now I'm kind of freaked out that we're old. I know we're so old, <laughs> but wait, how, how, when did we meet? We met cause we were signed at MSA together in like 2014. Okay. So that's like already six years ago. Okay. My mind is, is boggled. <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? I've almost, I've lived in New York for almost 10 years and I'm like, what am I going to do with my life anyway? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a podcast. I mean, I'm going to start a podcast, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. So you've been a plus-size model forever. How did you get into it? How, what was, like, your first big thing you did that you were like, this is really fun. I want to do this. So I've been doing it for 10 years, like I said, but I haven't really been working until maybe, like, the last four years. So before that, it was, like, trying, right? Like, I would get jobs here and there. Yeah. I we were so, like, we were kind of in the same boat. Like we were just like making it work. Um, but so I started when I was 17, I won a model search for Torrid. Um, oh and yeah, you, should I explain what Torrid is? To yeah, all your tell listeners? them what Torrid is. <laughs> so Torrid was like the first ever plus size store. Um, it's owned by Hot Topic and literally like when we were, teenagers it was like the jam it <laughs> it still exists now um and they do a great job but uh I feel like it's definitely more for like younger people I also I think I was looking at their website fairly recently and their stuff's kind of expensive no um I think in comparison now to that there are so many other plus size options Yes, because they're not using high-quality fabrics. They're using what everyone else is using. Right. So I think I would agree with that. I mean, I, I just remember seeing their store, like, at the mall growing up and being like, what's in there? Oh, I need to shop there. Did you? And then I don't think I ever did. I think when I was growing up, I was, like, like sure I was going to fit into Abercrombie, but never did. But, like, I wanted to, like, <laughs> stuff myself into it because I wanted to be cool. But I also did um I was a big Aeropostale girl because their sizes were like a smidge bigger than Abercrombie and Hallstar like every one of my shirts was Aeropostale <laughs> I definitely was an Aeropostale girl as well but I also was too I was too scared to go into a plus size store I was like I don't need to go in there I don't I'm I'm not plus size I feel like that like makes sense especially as like a teen and all your friends are these skinny yeah. bitches and I'm yeah. like I know I'm the duff but like yeah. I don't want to own up to it you know what I mean yeah 100% I mean 
I think I was always a little bit like different, I guess, in the fact that I've <laughs> kind of always been like into it and like proud of it. Even at like 17, I was like, fuck yeah, I love this. <laughs> I see I like still struggle with that and I don't mean dove like designated ugly fat friend but like I was always the fat funny like fat funny friend like that was my my personality and I like kept everyone entertained always yeah I think in high school like well I think a lot of girls will probably tell you the same thing we were so afraid to be anything other than like the funny fat friend because if we weren't funny like people would have to take us seriously and that probably scared so many of us right like yeah we all used humor as a way to kind of counteract it but I was definitely like the funny girl with all like the really pretty skinny friends and I just was like I guess people will like me because I'm funny (laughs) well it's also like you also are kind of insecure so I mean for me at least I was like I'm just gonna cover my insecurities with my humor because that's all I know how to do (laughs) Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I started at, at 17. I won this Torrid model search and it was actually a collaboration between Torrid and 17 magazine. Oh, so That's huge. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was like so excited. They told me I was going to be featured in 17. And um, so it eventually came out like that. So the day of they took a Polaroid of me. Like an actual Polaroid. <laughs> like and, it came out of the bottom of the camera. <laughs> like I am an ancient human being. It was <laughs> an actual Polaroid. And they used that Polaroid they took that day to go in the magazine. And it was probably like a one inch by one inch square in the corner of like the online version of Seventeen Magazine. <laughs> and I was like, fine, I made it. <laughs> I mean, where were you living at the time? Jersey. Okay, so I feel like that's a big deal. Oh, I mean, I was in high school still, and all my friends were like, wait, you're an actual famous model. And I was like, I know. (laughs) You're a star. I mean, I think press for anyone outside of New York is such a huge deal. But I mean, even in New York, but it's so much easier to get in New York because you're surrounded by it. But like... The other day, Mario Lopez did something on LeBron James and Akron, and my friend Nick Corpus was on for his restaurant, Akron Family Restaurant, for feeding, like, the kids at LeBron's school. And, like, it's the biggest thing going around right now. Like, everyone <laughs> is talking about it because it's Mario Lopez on Extra, and that doesn't happen outside of New York City or L.A. Yeah. or, like, somewhere super, super populated with press. Yeah, I feel like in New York we're in, like, such a bubble where – Things to us might not seem like a big deal at all, but outside of the city, it's like so major. (laughs) I mean, it is. I know. So you won this talent search and then you were like, okay, I can do this. Did it like motivate you to actually start modeling? Yeah, actually it did. I mean, I was so young, so it kind of, I'm still like very impressed with 17 year old me. Um, but basically, so this, I was in the magazine and that was it. I never heard anything from anyone. And I was like, but wait, I thought I was a famous model now. So what's happening? And so I emailed Torrid 
by the way, I'm sure like my email had like no subject line. It was probably the worst <laughs> email ever. But hey, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> literally, I wrote an email. I was like, hey, I want to model search with you guys and I want to be your model. Like, why aren't you talking to me? And I got a response and they were like, hi. Um, so that was actually really just for 17 magazine. Um, but we would be interested in trying you out, like send us a photo and maybe we can make this work. So I sent them a photo and they were like, okay, yeah, let's do this. So I'm 17 in high school and Torrid is based in LA and they're like, you need to come to LA. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So my mom and I flew out to LA. I'm pretty sure Torrid like paid me almost nothing, probably like $200 when a flight to LA is like back then it was probably like, yeah, like $500. So I was like, cool. I'm an actual famous model. Here we go. And, um, I flew to LA with my mom. I still have like so many pictures from that trip. It was really a sweet memory. Um, and they used me to do their e-com. And I think I probably went back about like four times my uh, last few months of senior year of high school. And that was it. It was really cool. I loved it. I remember them telling me that it's a pretty big deal, right? That is a big deal. And I feel like it kind of reminds me of like how like Taylor Swift's parents like happily moved her to Nashville because they knew she was a star. Like your mom totally (laughs) pulled that card and took you to LA. Because I feel like... Those things are kind of like, oh, you might make it, might not. But if you don't try and like what I said earlier before we started recording about how I'm just like cold calling and emailing people to do things during this time, it works. It really works. If if you're a good person with a good personality and you're easy to work with, it does work. I have, I've actually been on another podcast where literally that was the conversation. I owe all of my success to reaching out. And just like trying and seeing what happens. Um, And every single time I've done it, it's worked. So that's like always my number one piece of advice. Just try. I mean, I think people respect that too about you because they're like, oh, this girl's not shy. She'll just ask for something or ask to do something. And if we can't do it, we can't do it. But if we can, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I never knew that. Yeah. Do you love being a model? Do you like, like, what do you love about it so much? Um, I mean, I love a lot about it. It definitely isn't as glamorous as it seems. Um, You know, like when you say modeling, you think of all these things. But in reality, like I'm on my feet all day. And it's hard work. (laughs) Slowly deteriorating. My feet are so messed up. It is really hard work. Um, And people don't really understand that because you know when you think about modeling you think like glamorous being flown across the world your private jet but in reality like no I'm back of the plane flying to Columbus Ohio for like a night hanging out in the holiday inn and like working not so bad okay I know I actually like realized after I said that you're gonna be like wait I'm from Ohio (laughs) <laughs> but I'm just thinking of like the most, you know, it's like random, right? Like I'm not yeah, it's like to when like, I flew to like Kansas once and I was like, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like all of the places I go, 
or like Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, <laughs> like, you know, they're not, it's never, I've been to like one cool destination and maybe that's just cause it's my like specific career. I do a lot of e-com. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I'm just like going to like Milwaukee and <laughs> places like You will that. literally, by the way, everyone, you will literally see Maxi on every single plus size website. <laughs> I, I think I was, I in tar, are you, are you in target? I'm not in the stores, but I'm on their website. Well, there's a girl who looks like you because I looked at it three times. And I was like, I can't tell. But every <laughs> website, Maxi is there. And it's like, you and I have a similar body type. Yeah. So I love watching what you wear because then I'm like, oh, she can wear that. Okay, I can do it too. Oh I'm my like, God. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> but I love like scrolling through and I'm like, I know her. I know her. Oh, there she is again. Amazing. Well, it's funny that you just said that because when you asked what my favorite thing about modeling is, like... That is really the true answer. Yeah. I can say like all the superficial stuff are fun, but at the end of the day, like actually feeling like I can help women has always been my number one passion. Like literally even at 17, I was like, I want other women to feel the way I do about clothes and fashion and being able to wear it no matter what size I am. So the fact that I can help women, especially because my body type is different than the typical model, right? Like all most plus size models have hourglass shapes, but my shape is more uh, straight. I guess I have less of like an indented waist, which is actually like really common um, and really relatable. So I love that women can see me and feel like they can wear what I'm wearing and look good. Um, well, you're doing a really good job because I think I've probably texted you a hundred times asking you if I could wear certain things to certain events. And you're like, no, wear this, no, wear this. I mean, I might not always take, I might not always take, but I, I enjoy it. Like I know what I'm going to wear because I'm just like psycho and I wear the same thing everywhere. Is it a maxi dress with long sleeves? Oh my God. How'd you know? (laughs) That's my like event outfit I know always literally I know every time you have an event you text me what should I wear and I send you like a hundred dresses and you're like "Mm, I'm kind of looking for something a little longer with longer sleeves (laughs) I'm like can you not show my body whatsoever can you please just put me in a plastic bag (laughs) with a cinch waist it it drives me absolutely nuts (laughs) but at least like I mean I you know what you like yeah, I know. And I'm like, I, I just, I kind of want to come out of my shell with different patterns in 2020, maybe, maybe 2021, since 2020 seems to be kind of over at this point. <laughs> I mean, if you, unless your dog is interested in seeing your patterns, I don't know how many Who people knows? are going to see it. <laughs> She's pretty bored too. Um, okay. So let's talk about what do you think? I mean, I know you said that you have a more of a straight size body and that's what a lot of other people have. So they're interested in what you wear and seeing how you style things. But what do you think on Instagram and in the modeling world makes you more unique than other plus size models who are trying to make it or like anyone in the plus size industry? Um, so, I mean, I think a really big thing is the fact that my body is um, more unique than the standard plus size model. I think that's probably the biggest. And also the fact that I'm a size 18 when a standard model is a size 14 or 16 sometimes. So I'm also bigger. Um, and also I'm shorter. So 
for those three yeah. reasons. How tall are you? Um, I'm a little under five eight. <laughs> you're like I'm. I'm five eight. <laughs> does your comp card say you're five eight? Um. Yeah. Uh. Yes, it does. Forever. <laughs> like so, I used to be within a different agency, and it always said five nine. And when I moved to my real, uh, to my new agency, I was, I said how tall I was for real. And they're like, You're oh, real okay. in agency. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> um, um, Yeah, so they, are, and I love that. They don't care at all, which is like also just like showing the change in the industry. Like we really just want women to be women and not fit like this mold. But so that's what I think stands me apart the most. But also at the same time, there's something else I want to talk about that I don't really have the opportunity to a lot. So I'm going to um, let you in on this. Do it but now. I think a big thing that had to do with my success um, is the fact that I'm talking about it on Instagram. I think yeah. a lot of model, I mean, you know, there's a lot of plus size creators on Instagram and I love it. It's amazing. But there are not a lot of models who are showing like the ins and out of the industry in the way that I am. If there are, usually they're not working in the, like the way that I'm working. They're doing like cool campaigns every once in a while. But I'm doing like e-com, which like we said, isn't that glamorous. And I'm just kind of showing what it's like to sell you, to sell people clothes. Um, so I think that really helped. I was able to show my personality besides just being like a face with stats, you know, right. it was just like maxi size 18, um, like 40 inch waist versus like maxi a personality. Like we're watching on Instagram and we can really relate to. So I, I like that. And I like that you put a lot, you put a lot of work into like your captions and yeah. explaining like certain things and how to wear certain things and certain things you're going through. Like there's a lot of personality in there too. Thank you. I mean, I, I try, I really like, I really try not to be curated. Um, because I think what, especially now what I'm seeing with Instagram and like what I'm craving is just reality. Like there's so yeah. many people on Instagram that everything's perfect and the lighting is always like perfect. Everything is just great and wonderful. And I'm so bored of that, especially now. Like that is the last thing I want to say. I think the raw stuff is really what gets people to like you and to understand oh. you and to want to know more. Like I posted a video yesterday of me walking outside, letting my dog out 15 times during the quarantine and everyone loved that video, (laughs) but like that got more views than like a headshot I posted three months ago. Like, do you know what I mean? Like people don't give a shit about my beautiful edited headshot. Oh, a hundred percent. When I really noticed a shift in my social media was when I stopped posting modeling photos and like literally you'll notice that I post maybe I don't know. I I've been posting more now that I'm not really making good content, but, um, in like in the last few months, I almost never post them because they never perform well. Like no matter how little clothing I'm wearing, they never perform well in comparison to like a picture of me in like sweatpants hanging out. Wait, I'm looking at it right now and you really can tell because you did used to only post like your work, but now it's like more personality giggles, your friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I post, I post like a lot of paid work now, which is, I guess, a little different. 
Um, Which is like amazing because you're making a career out of it. Thank you. But yeah, that was like that. I think I, that was the big change maybe like two years ago when I really started to notice um, my work increasing a lot was when I stopped posting modeling pictures. I mean, I remember posting modeling pictures and being like, I just want to post this because I want some likes and some nice comments because I feel like yeah. shit about myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's also like, I have nothing else to post. So here's a pretty picture of me. Like how many right. times do people need to see a pretty picture of you? Like, I know you're pretty. So what was your big first job besides Torrid? Like, cause I know you, you modeled and then you, you started working at a company and then you got back into modeling. So like, what was your first big job when you came back, so to speak? Uh, I have two in mind and I think one makes more sense than the other. So I'll say that one, but the one that I first, the one, the first one that I did when I came back, so I took two years off. Um, I guess we can get into that later, but when I took two well, years you off, tell them you took two years off and you were working for a plus size clothing yeah. company. So I took, I was mod- or trying to model and I started booking some work, um, when I was a size 14 and I was working a little bit here and there, but definitely working. I was able to like f- finally say that I was a real model. Um, and then at the time I started gaining weight. I've always been my whole life. I've been a size 18. That's just where my body is comfortable. And like for the first time ever, I lost a little weight and got down to a size 14, hoping that my modeling career would take off because at the time, no 18s were working. Um, so I started gaining a little weight back. And when I started gaining weight back, I noticed I was losing jobs and, um, my agent was kind of giving me a hard time. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, I mean, can you imagine my self-esteem plummeted? Like gaining weight is gaining weight is already hard, but when you gain weight and it then impacts your like financial status. <laughs> it's just, it was a lot of messed up I mean, feelings. And this is also where it comes into people are like, oh, plus size models don't have to worry about their, their weight and their size. But like, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> like I you mean, have to stay somewhere. You, It's not like totally. you have to not eat, but like you have to stay at a certain size because that's what people are hiring you for. And if you fluctuate, yeah. then you're fucked. That was my biggest yeah. issue. Yeah. Fluctuating. I mean, now it really has changed in the last like year or two. Cause like everyone's doing everything. And the whole point is they want diversity. I love uh, that. So I you definitely see it less, but only four or five years ago. Oh, absolutely. If you were not a size 14 with like a 34, 33 inch waist, like you were not working no matter what. So anyway, so yeah, I started gaining weight. And even at the time, I still never could hit like a 34-inch waist. My waist was 36 no matter how small I would get. And um, so uh, at the time, I was like, oh, God, this is it. Like my career's over. What am I going to do? So this, I found this, or they found me actually, this company called Dia & Co., um, Shout out where to Dia & Co. <laughs> I think Dia & Co. is really what, sparked our friendship we definitely got closer in those years oh for sure because there were like events and things like that yeah, we would like hang out all the time and you would come to the office and do photo shoots it was so fun but anyways memories 
So I was working at this plus size startup for about two years. Um, and during the time, like I got back to my very normal body size at a size 18, um, was feeling more confident than ever working at a plus size startup, like surrounded by amazing women and literally preaching positivity every day. And when you do that, no matter how much you might be faking it, I mean, it definitely resonates with you. So it helped a lot with my confidence working there. And so I started booking the photo shoot. So models would come in for castings and they just didn't look like the customer that we, they, that we were serving. They could, they don't need to shop at like plus size clothing stores. They could go to Zara and find anything on a shelf, which most plus size women can't do. Um, and it just kind of upset me. Like, I want to see women really representing our customer and really showing them that they can also wear the clothes. Um, but I found it nearly impossible for models to look like that. Like there was, I remember maybe like one girl I could find at a size 18, but she was like six feet tall. So she looked very slim. And I was like, this is, it was so frustrating. Um, and literally I was like, you know what, if (laughs) I'm going to do this, if I want this, other people want it too. Yes, girl. (laughs) So I quit my job and literally I think I had like, I had like no money in my bank account. I was scared shitless. Um, and I just tried it and almost like, so at the time too, my agent was like, yeah, you're right. Like people are asking me for a size 18. Uh, so I had a little comfort there. Finally. Yeah. I know. So I had like some feeling like, okay, maybe this can happen. It obviously didn't take up, take off right away. Um, but so here is the big break that you asked me for. This is what I remember being like my aha moment. Um, I went into a casting at Eloquy and I got there and was so excited, right? Like everyone knew Eloquy. They were like the cool new brand. Exactly. That's every plus size model's dream. Yeah. Especially at the time, like they were doing the coolest stuff and I was just so excited to even be in their office. So I got to, I met the founder, her name's Jody, and she gave me a sample to try on for the casting. And I took it, I remember it was like a red dress and I started putting it on and it was so small. And I was like, oh my God, I am a sausage. Like this sucks. And I looked at this tag and it said a 14 because a 14 is the sample, right? That's what everyone has in their offices. So I said to her, I was like, Hey, like, and I think in the past, if I weren't as confident, I would have just showed it to her and been like, here you go. But feeling like way more confident about what I was doing and what I was standing for. I said like, Hey, just letting you know, I'm a size 18, but this is a 14. So do you have a size 18 that I can put on? And she was like, oh my God, we've actually been looking for a size 18. Yeah, let me go grab it. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, cool. Did they not know that you were an 18 beforehand? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) I mean, my agent probably marketed me as a 14 who's 5'9", as she did forever. (laughs) So probably not. Um, 
but I, yeah, or maybe she just like, wasn't even paying attention or didn't care was just like, Oh, right. here's a new model that's coming in to like, we'll see if we like her. Um, and so I put on the 18, it fit perfectly. And she was like, Oh my gosh, amazing. And then I think a week later they brought me in for like one of their campaigns, not even e-com. And I was like, Oh, what? And it was really cool. All the images were up everywhere and, you know, everybody knew Eloquy. So I was getting a lot of attention right away. And that kind of just started the snowball effect. And I started getting hiring all the time after that. Well, I feel like Eloquy is like the vogue of plus size modeling, so to speak, because every major plus size model that you can think of has modeled for Eloquy. I think that that's how I feel about Eloquy and Lane Bryant. Like, if you yeah. haven't done either of those, um, then... No one knows you. <laughs> I was trying not to be mean. But, like, if that's just, like, when you know, like, okay, I'm a real... Like, I'm plus-size model. Because those well, are, like, like, yeah, like two plus-size brands. Like, the big brands. And, well, you've done both, so... Uh, okay. Lane was really um, cool. <laughs> Lane Bryant's amazing. That's another story I would never go into when I was younger because I was too embarrassed. <laughs> I don't think I used to... Well, no, I didn't shop at Lane Bryant, but not because I was embarrassed because I was, like, all about Torrid. But Lane Bryant was just, like, in my mind for well, older. Yeah, ones. but, like, now... Which is... It, I yeah, mean, it is. It is. It definitely is. Oh, do you shop there now? I went... I got underwear there. Their underwear are, like, really, really supportive and high-waisted and fit really well. I'm literally naked on their website. <laughs> if anyone wants to see Maxie naked, I'll tell you where to go. LaneBryant.com, <laughs> baby. Like, it's pretty ridiculous to think that I'm literally, like, I, I never thought I would be I naked. Mean, <laughs> because you're hot. So just flaunt that shit. I'm doing it. I'm um, doing okay, it so you get this new job, and obviously you made a, a good buck on it. What was... After you made, you were like, okay, I'm going to make money and this is going to be my career because I finally made it. What was the first thing that you bought that you can remember that was way too expensive, but you wanted it so bad and you knew you could afford it? Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to be so lame right now. So I am Jewish. Shocking. <laughs> and Jews, <laughs> Jews love money right <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because I'm Jewish I love I am the I save every penny like I'm kind of insane I really don't spend too frivolously and I I literally never even bought myself a designer bag and I feel like I need to change that because I deserve at least one like I think the most expensive bag I own is a Rebecca Minkoff bag I mean I'm that, so lame. that's still a nice bag it's not a Chanel. Yeah, no, no, no. I actually love I love my bag. Oh, I'm but the thing is like I'm on the real reel every day looking at Chanel. Like, who's spending five thousand dollars on a purse? No. But I also can't do it. I think it's probably because I just like didn't grow up with money too. So like now that I have it, I'm like putting every single penny away because I never want to not have money again. <laughs> so I'm kind of crazy, but okay. I do have, I do have something that I bought, but it's really not. That if I get like a fat check, I'm like, what am I buying today? So I wish I had your mentality. No. 
<laughs> I feel like, uh, so also we're saving up to what we really want to buy a house. So buying a house is probably going to be my extravagant purchase. But okay, I do have a funny example for you that you'll you'll appreciate. Okay, so I oh, I bought these Gucci sunglasses, <laughs> and purchase. I re- that's a purchase. I think they were probably I bought that I got them on sale, um, and they were probably like two hundred and eighty bucks, something like that, which is pretty crazy for sunglasses. I mean, I think so, honestly, but. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I deserve these. And I really liked them. So I bought them and I wore them every single day. And if you ever, if you guys see a picture of me, you know, I have really blue eyes. So they're really sensitive. So sunglasses are important. Like I need that protection. So I was like, this is a great purchase. I wear them all the time. I love them. Like this was smart. And I went to Pilates and I put them in a basket and I left Pilates. And when I came back, no. they were gone. So I was like, literally like my first purchase, like designer purchase gone. I was going to say, when you said sunglasses, that is one thing for some reason. I mean, I wear glasses, so they would have to be prescription anyway. But that is one thing that I will never spend money on because those bitches can fly off you know, at the pool, you can leave them places, you can accidentally step on them. I, that's just the one thing. And I, for some reason, knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like get too upset. I wasn't too attached to them. And they also, they were expensive for sunglasses, but at the end of the day, like it wasn't a $5,000 Chanel bag. Um, I mean, you know, they are expensive. Anyways, so I reached out and I was like, hey, if you happen to see them, like, please let me know. And they're like, I'm sorry, like, no one's seen them. And it's been like a few weeks and they're like, get over these freaking sunglasses, you crazy woman. I was so obnoxious. I was like, have you seen my Gucci sunglasses? And they were like, no. <laughs> but also in New York, everyone has. I know, it's has true. A, it's like a, has a it was like my bougie Pilates studio. I'm sure they're like everyone loses their Gucci sunglasses, leave us alone. But so, okay, here's the embarrassing part. I bought another pair. Um. Wait, wait, even more embarrassing, even more embarrassing at full price. Oh, (laughs) you couldn't even like find them on the real real. Even though you'd, even though you'd probably be buying know, right? that someone stole from you to sell on the real real. So, uh, yeah, I bought them again at full price. I think they were like three eighty. So up another. It, it's just like the stupid, stupidest thing. But I must say, I wear them every single day. I'm still. I'm literally looking at them right now. They're sitting on my vanity, very safe. Um, but yeah, that's probably the the. Uh, that's my purchase right there because I bought it. It twice. I feel like you need to add those, like, you have to, like, add those strings to the yeah. back of them so that they never fall off They're, neck. like, actually in style right now, so I really should. I know. I was going to say, they make all yeah. different kinds nowadays. Was that a good story? Like, did that impress you? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it sounds like a story that my other Jewish friend told me once. <laughs> And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but like it's very. No, I'm allowed. Am to I say not? That. Not yet. 
Oh, I am just telling you that one of my other friends who was Jewish has told me a very similar story. Okay. It has nothing to do with the fact that you two are Jewish. That's, That's all I'm all saying. saying. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Great. Everyone's going to hate me now. Um, oh, God. Anything controversial, you know? <laughs> so since you work for yourself, technically, well, you have an agent and all that stuff who helps you get the, the work, right? Yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely work for myself, though. Wait, let's talk about um, Julianne and her company, Blog. Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's going to love this little plug. Wait, but she she's killing it. She just launched an app, right? She is the one that, like, she is so impressive. She blows me she away. She is wonderful. She is the best human I've ever met, I feel like. One of the top ten. Also, you should absolutely use her now that you're doing a podcast. She definitely helped you. I know. I need to call her. So what exactly is it? And like, give her like a one minute pitch of like what Blogist is. So Blogist is a tool that was created to help influencers connect with brands and vice versa, but in a way that no one else is doing it. So there are a ton of influencer marketing agencies and um, other companies that are simply connecting you with brands and brands with influencers. But Blogist kind of took it to a next step where they really want to develop and nurture and, like, really invest into these influencers um, to because they know the power of influencer marketing. So um, they're really taking the time and effort to build these careers out. It's really incredible. Um, But they also do it in a different way. I work with Blogist in a very different capacity. My best friend is Julian, um, who owns the company. So, and I've been working with her from the beginning. She's been helping me. So me personally, I have a very different relationship with them. But what they do for their typical clients is that instead of paying like an agency commission, which is what you expect for typical influencer um, agencies like that, uh, instead, people pay monthly fees to get all of their knowledge and help and everything they offer. Like they'll offer to write emails for you. They'll offer to like make rate cards and just pretty much everything that a lot of influencers don't know how to do because influencers are typically very creative people, but not so business savvy. Um, and I say that because because I'm not business savvy, so it's fine. So they kind of become your, like, administrative people. I love that. Um, And you pay up. I know. It's so great. You pay a monthly fee, and then I think if you go over a certain amount of time, then they just, like, pay you. You are charged hourly. Wait, that's – honestly, I was just talking about this with someone else because so many – managers and people like that take 20% and sometimes even more like it's insane how much money when you're really doing the work but if yeah I don't know I I mean I'm a super business savvy savvy person but like to have if I didn't have the time and to have someone else do it for me I mean hell yeah why not absolutely and also like not all influencers are making ten thousand dollars a post I'm going to say like the majority of them are not, uh, the majority of them are barely even making a thousand dollars a post. So if they have to always be paying commission on everything they do, they end up not really making that much money and it's really not worth it to them. So the fact that they are able to kind of control how much they're paying, 
uh, it's really beneficial to a lot of people, especially those that are just starting. You like, could you not your personal Instagram, but what are Instagram posts going for these days? Like you have, say you have 300,000 followers and Purell wants you to post. And I'm only saying Purell because it's fresh in my mind because of coronavirus. (laughs) And they reach out and say, Hey, will you post this and do two stories? Like how much do people charge for that? I used to like be in this world, but I really don't know anymore. So it's such a hard thing to answer because there's so much that goes into it. Like how many times you're posting, what stories you're posting, what's the usage, what is the exclusivity? So the same with modeling, right? There's so much more to it than just like a standard rate. Um, but I mean, people with $300,000 can charge a shit ton of money. I mean, $300. I know. I just like, don't know what's real and fake anymore to be completely honest. I hate that. Well, the, the following, the number of followers you have is totally irrelevant now. It really is. It's all about who your followers are and your connection with them and all the engagement. Exactly. And stuff like that. Exactly. It's like the the actual influencer themselves, like what they're creating, who's engaging with it, how they're talking to their audience. Like we're just so much more aware of what influencers can do on the backside to make it look like they're having success. But um, (laughs) they're, they're not. So it's easy to see. And yeah, but so if someone who has 300,000 followers, but also is really highly engaged and it's like a true following, they can, they can charge so much. Like, are we talking I really like 5,000 like to 7,000 a post? Are we talking like more or less? Oh, girlfriend, way more. Oh my God. I need to get my shit popping. I know. Oh my God. No. Like you could get like 20 grand. <sighs> For like one partnership. All right, everyone. It's pretty. We're, we're starting influencing, starting now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the girls who are influencers living in like Salt Lake City in their beautiful homes with their beautiful families, creating beautiful like gorgeous content. Oh, they make so much oh money. God, I'm sure those houses are massive, and they're like a quarter of the price that a house would be or an apartment would be in New York. Exactly. Exactly. And- they're like, here's my hundred thousand dollar like <laughs> mega mansion and you're like oh, goals um well since goals. you back to like you working for yourself and stuff do you how often do you work like what's a normal day-to-day look for look like for you oh like during quarantine <laughs> <laughs> I mean during quarantine I I know what it looks like because it probably looks like mine but um what like in a normal like I have to get up and go to this job at 8 a.m. Or do you have jobs often? Like, what's the situation? So every week is different for sure. Um, I can give you... So I switched agencies at the beginning of 2020. Yes, girl. Um, I only, Congrats. Yeah, it was a great move. Thank you. But I only really got like a two, not even two solid months because... I don't think I started really working with them until maybe like even February. So maybe it was just like a month of working with my new agency. So I can really only talk about what it was like with my old agency. Um, And every week week was different. I had an idea of what my schedule would be like, but also at the same time, it could change in a moment's notice. But I'd say I was on set at least two times a week 
Okay. Um, on a good week, I worked every single day. Um, and I usually traveled at least once a week as well. Oh God, that's a lot. So, um, yeah, it was a lot. I racked up my points at Delta though. I'm status, which is pretty cool, I guess. Um, seriously, literally like actual goals. I'm so afraid I'm going to lose status because of this stupid quarantine. Well, they'll probably hold off or something. Delta's nice. I really hope so. It's so true. Delta's the best. Are you also a Delta flyer? Actually, not anymore. I was a companion. Oh, my God. Honestly, being a companion is the best thing But I thing didn't in the realize world. it was. I didn't take advantage of it. Like, I would fly to Ohio and come <sighs> back. But I had a full-time job. Like, I couldn't, no. I, I couldn't go anywhere. Okay, that's fair. But, like, I was, like, really pissed that it, I don't have it right now. Olivia, come on. But like I, no. I mean, I don't really need it. I don't. I'm not going anywhere for a clearly yeah. long time. But it was convenient yeah. to have at, at the time. If you are a model and able to get companion, that is like goals because you can just fly anywhere and be like, oh, they want to see what I look like for a casting. Let me fly to Toronto and I'll be there in an hour. I know. Like it's. But um, yeah. So back to my schedule. I was traveling at least once a week. Most of my, two of my biggest clients are one that's in Columbus, Ohio, which is Lane Bryant. I was going there literally at at least three times a month. It felt like for a, a year maybe. And then I also, one of my main clients is Coles, which is in Milwaukee, (laughs) So I was flying there a lot. Location. This is um, so luxurious being a model. I love it. I know. I think like the most glam place I went in the last six months was probably Tucson, Arizona. Hey, at least it's warm. <laughs> so just like really glam. But yeah, so I'm traveling a lot and then shooting a lot. But it was kind of a, a it's exhausting. I mean when the weeks I was shooting five every day were too hard and it was too much. And honestly, that was a big reason as to why I switched agencies. Um, because their mentality was working smarter, not working harder. So making bigger rates and doing less. So you have time to like focus on keeping yourself healthy and, um, mentally healthy, physically healthy, and just like prepared to shoot. Because when I was working every single day, flying every single day, I would be just exhausted and making the same amount amount of money in those five days now that I am making in like two days. So it was like a good decision I made where it was like, I need to invest in myself if I want to keep this up because what I was doing before was just too hard on myself. I mean, the fact that you even have the opportunity to work every single day as a model for anyone else out there who doesn't know this, that is amazing, but it is hard on it, your body. It yeah, it, it was amazing. And it was what I thought success meant at the time. If I was not working every single day, I was not successful. And I had a real hard realization that that's not true because it, you can't call it success if you're not enjoying your life and your downtime and have like being happy when you're working all the time, never home and like want to cry from being tired all the time. Like that's not success. Exactly. So from the outside, it can look like 
great. And like, you know, it's great Instagram content, right? I'm on another flight, but at the end of the day, like it wasn't bringing me joy. Do you have any words of wisdom for aspiring models or influencers out there who are like you yeah. who want to, who want to break out of their shell and become something and become a model or become an influencer or whatever the hell you want to do with your life? <laughs> okay. So I have two pieces of advice. One of them was what we touched on at one point was that do that cold call email, like just go for it, send an email. You might hear no. And I have heard no way more than I could ever even say. Literally every major New York agency has said no to me at one point in my life. Um, I am so used to hearing no's that it doesn't even phase me. So just send an email, try it out. Um, and just keep sending them until something finally works because it will work out eventually. So that is my number one, which I feel like you agreed to, right? I 100%. 100%. And then my other one, I kind of touched on it a little bit uh, in a roundabout way when I said I was finally like accepting who I was at a size 18 and going hard on that. Um, and that's when I saw success. It was a realization that the most powerful thing you can be is yourself. <laughs> and that's, oh my God, I'm so cheesy. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. It, I feel like I have tears. Stop. But it's true. Like I was trying so hard for so long to fit a mold that I never was going to fit into. And then when I finally was like, fuck that, I'm just going to be me. That's when I saw success. And like, how can I not scream that louder from the rooftops? Like you just have to be yourself and it'll come. Oh, the wisdom you have at such a young <laughs> age, Maxie. <laughs> All um, right. Where can everyone follow you on Instagram? So you can follow me at Maxie Green, M-A-X-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N-E. Um, you can check out my brand new website where I've been focusing a lot of my time on making content and blogging, which is a new adventure for me at maxigreen.com, M-A-X-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N-E.com. And if you want to book me, check me out at One Management. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, Maxi. Thank you, Lexi. This was so fun. Don't forget to subscribe to Clout with Lexi Stout so you get a notification each week when a new episode comes out. And if you have two seconds to rate and review, I would fucking love that. <laughs>